Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to WrestleMania 6, because, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we're going to dive into here on the Boochcast this week. As you guys know, we have this thing that we do called the Classic Pay-Per-View Reviews. What happens is, uh, myself and the one and only Mr. Gator Ricky Ross, uh, we, we team up and we... Look, take a look back at some classic pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, and ECW. And what we do is we look at them from the perspective of not only from, you know, two guys who are fans of professional wrestling, but also two people who work in the business. As you know, Gator is a wrestler. He is a manager. He is a ring announcer, a commentator. He's popped the popcorn. He pretty much got the industry covered. I served the pizza. Yes, served the pizza. Pizza baby. So... And, of course, you know me. I am a ring announcer, a commentator. I have worked in I have worked in the back. I've handled money. I've chauffeured wrestlers. I've set up the ring. I pretty much get the industry covered, too. So, we take the knowledge that both of us possess and the great analyzing skills that we have and take a look back at some of these classic pay-per-views. And this week, we are covering WrestleMania 6. And we are doing this to commemorate the fact that WrestleMania, I believe it was 37... Uh, is take has taken place. So to commemorate WrestleMania 37, we do a WrestleMania every year, and this year we are doing WrestleMania 6, which of course took place in the Toronto Skydome on April 1st, 1990, and it had 67,678 people, which is great considering I believe WrestleMania 18 had a slightly different look than that. Uh, there was a bit of a change there. Uh, I think plus or minus, but we'll get into that on the WrestleMania 18 portion. And of course, uh, we had a epic, epic WrestleMania um, with a lot of great, great moments here. In fact, um, Edge and Christian were actually in attendance um, as were Lance Storm and Renee Young. Apparently all of them had gone to WrestleMania 6 as fans before we ever knew that they were going to be somebodies in the business. And yes, back when Edge, Edge was a little Hulkster. Yes, back when Edge was a little Hulkster. Can we can we go ahead and give a disclaimer? Um, the usual disclaimer. No, no, uh, that I had to go to the doctor and what happened because oh. you know last time we did this, we 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 left the people with a cliffy. Yes, uh, Gator was um. In quite a lot of pain on the last review that we did, uh, Gator uh, mentioned that he, you know, was on his way to a doctor's appointment while we were recapping the 1997 Royal Rumble. So I will allow Gator to discuss what happened. I was in. I had a bad bump in a battle royal. I have uh, a bruised back and possible bruised ribs. Okay. But it's it's just bruised. Nothing's like broken. Nothing's too serious. Yeah, nothing, and it's just a lot of pain. Okay, yeah. So Gator is uh, being a trooper, folks, and fighting through the pain, which is something the Booch uh, respects. And also, you know, it's it's like the thing in wrestling. You finish the match. Well, you go on. You make the towns, and Gator's making the towns. So I I appreciate that, man. I really do. And oh, of course, fucking... yes, he he feels fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. And of course. We do kick now. Of course, WrestleMania six. We kicked this baby off. There's a few other things that happened uh, throughout here, but we'll get to those throughout the event. Um, we start things off with the first official match of the evening, which is 
Rick the Model Martel versus Coco Beware. Oh, yes. Do the bird, bird, bird. Okay. So... We don't do the bird. No doing the bird. Yeah, we're doing the bird. What everybody's heard about the bird. Bird, 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 bird. Yes, everybody do the bird. I like... I enjoyed this. Uh, it, was, it was a nice little opener. Um, Hot start, really. It, it got you in the mood for the pay-per-view. It really did. And I think and I think that's what a good opening match is supposed to do. It's supposed to get you, it's supposed to set the tone and get you excited for the rest of the show. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's supposed to get you ready ready for what what could or could not be. Yes. And I think what I like most about this match was that especially from Coco, um, was he was a lot more aggressive than people give him credit for because I think as Coco's so much known for the for having the bird and the gimmick, people forget that motherfucker can go. He could work. He's very good. He could he could actually he could actually do something. So it was like, okay, dude, you can actually kind of do a little bit here. Yeah, and then of course, um, there was a, a at one point I really liked this part right here. Was I thought was really cool. And I want to get your take on it. Uh, at one point, right. Rick Martel tries to apply the Boston Crab to Coco. And Coco bridges his neck to prevent the turn. I've never seen a wrestler do that. I've seen it a couple times. I, I've never done it because I don't have a thick-ass neck. But you can do it. You just got to be very careful. <laughs> yeah. I just, but I thought it was a very – I just thought it was, it was awesome because I'd never seen that before. And it is actually a great way if you got a strong enough neck. Uh, to block the Boston Crab. Correct. I, I do not agree with that. I, mean, I do agree with that completely. Yes, and then at one point, the ref rang the bell, but didn't see Coco tap. Yeah, I... Uh, that was a little wonky. Yeah, I felt like the ref kind of screwed that up. Kind of? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to be generous, but you you say whatever you need to say about it. Majorly fucked it up. He fucked the finish up. He's like, I mean, it's not. It could have been worse, but he fucked the finish up. Okay, yeah, he fucked the finish up big time. All right, I was trying to be. I tried to be generous to your ref, but uh, Gator had to speak the truth. And well, I mean, what do you want me to say? Nothing. No, I want oh, you to... that it was just an accident. And and no, if you fucked it up, you fucked it up. <laughs> If no. you fucked up, you fucked it up, okay? Oh, I'm not time. sitting here sugarcoating my back hurts, oh, good Lord, you know, but it's just a small injury. I fucked it up, okay? <laughs> it's it's That's the way it is in life, children. If you fuck up, you fuck up. Take your, take your lumps, take your beating, take your punishment for fucking up, and move on. I agree. A life uh, lesson from your Uncle Gator. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. And on that note, we move on uh, to the next match of the evening. We have Demolition, Axe and Smash versus The Colossal Connection, which consisted of Andre the Giant and Haku with Bobby Heenan. This was for the World Tag Team titles. So Andre and Haku were defending the titles against Demolition. I enjoyed this, but I'm a Demolition Mark. <laughs> I am too. Um... um... I, I feel like this tag team was not given the 
respect that they deserve. Yeah. I think people try to accuse them of being a knockoff of the Road Warriors, right? Oh, they are not. Oh, I know they're not. I'm just saying that's – I've heard they were given that reputation, which I thought was bullshit. It is bullshit. They're, they're not a knockoff of the Road Warriors. They had Mr. Fuji. He couldn't even speak English, okay? Not a knockoff. <laughs> well, neither could Hawk, really, if you really want to go back into time, you know. Yeah. Okay, maybe they were a knockoff. <laughs> yeah, Hawk speaking English. That's a fucking miracle. Again, maybe they were a knockoff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Yes, but either way, it was a decent tag match. Um, I don't think... And nothing really special happened in the match until Haku hit Andre and he got tied up in the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> so this was so Andre Andre was hurting by then. You could tell Andre was not not Andre. No, he wasn't. You know, and this is if you go back and watch the documentary on Andre, you can tell and you can you know, WrestleMania three, three years earlier. He was really about to die. So at this point, it's just it's it's very sad to see Andre. It really is. Um, but either way, he's doing the best he can, and Andre is so good he at is. psychology he can work around. But it. he's not he's not the Andre of of where you know people could do things and make it look way more intimidating and, and way more vicious than he was. You oh, know, yeah. Andre Hogan Hogan said in that interview. That in WrestleMania three, when they went for the bear hug, he used to jump up and let Andre ragdoll him and shake him, and it made it look so much more vicious than it was. And he couldn't even do that at WrestleMania three. Yeah, he wouldn't let him. He said that, and he made sure to stand up straight so Andre could stand up as straight as he could. That's why he was yeah. standing straight up. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's a very sad, sad thing. Yeah. Children, it's sad. Yeah, and then, of course, in the end, Demolition hits their finish. They get the win. Uh, Bobby Heenan is pissed off, starts slapping Andre. <laughs> We're waiting for it. And Andre it. and basically Andre ends up damn near choking Heenan out. And he ends up leaving the Heenan family. So this is when Andre's basically had enough of the weasel. And the no we the weasel. Yes. <laughs> Not to be confused with that weasel. The weasel. The leaning tower of Chiza. Coming soon to your to a to a gator ruins your childhood. In the <laughs> yeah. 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 Andre wrapped his Andre wrapped his hand around Bobby Heenan's neck and almost went for the choke slam. And the jugular. <laughs> yeah. So on, so Andre ends up leaving the Heenan family, and uh, Demolition are now the new uh, tag team champions, as well it should be. Um, well, yeah, of course. And then, of course, in the midst of all that excitement, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Earthquake with Jimmy Hart versus Hercules Hercules. What the fuck? What's the thing I said? Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, oh boy. Um. <laughs> what the fuck? 
God damn it. <laughs> Hercules! Are you okay? Oh, it hurts to laugh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, so Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Um, this was, this was filler. Yeah. It's really all this was, was filler. At the end of the day, that's all this was. Yeah. Exactly. Earthquake tried to sneak attack, but Hercules countered and got the best of it. And then overall, this, this is basically all I had to say about this match. The match was very boring, but the story was told. I think that's an accurate statement. Uh, you can tell me if you're right or wrong. If I'm right or wrong. The story was told. I'm not... I'm not gonna shit on it, but... The, uh, how do I say this? Um, there, it was... Uh, there was times... When you wanted to throw things. How about that? Okay. Um, because it's just like this whole story. Yes, it was told, but this was the biggest clusterfuck. I mean, you can't tell me it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was. Exactly. I mean, it was it was kind of rough to watch at times. And and you know, and you'd get through it. You would get through it. But it's like, oh dear God, this this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. But like you said, the story was told. Exactly. Sweet baby Jesus, the story was told. <laughs> and exactly. That's all I got to say about that. Exactly. So on that note. We move on to the next match of the evening. Uh, we have Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus Mr. Perfect with the Genius. <laughs> the Genius. Remember the Genius, Mr. Boudreaux? Oh, I remember the Genius, Mr. Gator. You remember the Genius, Mr. Boudreaux? Yes, I remember the Genius, Mr. Gator. Oh, God. It's hard to believe him and the Macho Man are brothers. Yeah, I know. I know, right? I'm like, what the fuck, bro? <clears throat> oh, man. Uh, the genius did some great work ringside. I will give him that. Yes, he was very good at his job. Um, And that's about all you can say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it was another quick start to the match, and which, you, which, is, yeah. which is another pattern. It was still filler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the crowd props for Brutus knocking perfect out of the ring. Like, the crowd went fucking insane. Filler. Then he's this later whole on. Match was so filler. Yeah, then putting his head down, kick the face. Um, and I think at one point, Gorilla said, um, I think at one, the one point, they did that one spot that you see in almost every wrestling match. I never understood it. I'm hoping, Gator, you can explain it. But okay. there's always that moment where, and this happens almost almost every match. Someone shoots somebody into the ropes. They bounce back. The guy bends down and gets kicked in the face. Yes. Why? Why? Why do you do it? Why do they do it? Why is it necessary? Why does it? Oh, why is every wrestling to be, fall for that? 
because he's supposed to be taunting a backdrop. That's all that is. They're taunting a backdrop. Oh, he's going to do a backdrop. Or at least that's how you would cover it on commentary. But that's what it's supposed to look like, and the heel gets the... It's just a spot. It's just a spot to get some heat. Okay, because I, I just had to know, because that always, that always confused me. Even as a kid, it confused me. What the fuck? But anyway, um, so he does that standard move, and then Gorilla Monsoon says, that's the first time I saw Perfect make that mistake. I'm like, huh? Wow. I've seen uh, 20, I've seen 100 other wrestlers make that same fucking mistake. I bet if I go back in the bowels of wrestling, which I'm probably going to do in this pay-per-view review, I will see Kurt Henning make that mistake again. Like, okay, really? Okay. Really, Gorilla? I, I, Seriously? Hey, he's covering it up on commentary. He's just he's just selling the shit. He's selling the shit. I know. I know. He's I know. Selling the shit, Mr. Budrella. You sometimes you have to sell the shit. Oh, trust me. I know. Sometimes I've done commentary. Sell, I've had to make sell the shit. I've and had... I know you, I know you know because there was a Blake Moretta match. Oh god, yes. Oh, there was a ton of matches with that, man. But I've had a few of those matches. But anyway, I have seen, like I said, I've seen several of us make that mistake. I have no fucking idea why they do that. But anyway, we've got the answer got out. So, and then at one point, the genius <laughs> drop. So then the genius. So then the genius drops his scroll, and Perfect uses it on Beefcake. Brutus then catapults him into the steel post and gets the win. <laughs> Which I thought was a crazy finish. I've never seen that. I've seen that move as a spot, but never as a finish. I have as well. But you know what? It, it works. It does work. You know? Yes. You can't be... <laughs> uh... And then, and then of course, oh boy, yeah. And then of course, uh, after the match, Brutus attacks the genius and cuts off his hair. But what I found the most interesting was that is that Brutus comes down to the ring with these big ass fucking clippers. They would use to cut gra- to cut like bushes and shit. Yeah, that was the thing. Why did you bring? Why did you bring the loppers? <laughs> but not just that. That didn't, that didn't make no sense. But here, he's got the loppers. But here's why it didn't make any sense. Because when it came time for him to start cutting the genius's hair, he gets a regular pair of scissors. <laughs> what? Oh boy. What are you afraid you're gonna actually? What? What are they? What did like the genius say? Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm worried he's gonna chop off my head, brother. Like, what the fuck? And then he tries to take the tiny scissors and put them up in the air. Unless there's monitors up on that fucking arena, which I don't know. They, don't, they never shot that high, to my knowledge. Uh, how the fuck are they going to know what he's got in his hand? Jesus Christ. These are like scissors you use to, like, cut your kid's hair. Or fucking... What the hell? They're like pube snipping, pube snipping scissors. What the fuck are this? Are you shitting me? Oh god, I'm a little high. Um, oh god, I just, 
and, and I don't hate Brutus Beefcake. I like his gimmick. I like his music. But what the fuck? I'm a little high. Yeah. So that that was weird. So anyway, we get through all that. Crowd gets excited. It's a great moment. Genius's hair is getting cut off. Brutus Beefcake. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. gone. It's, it's supposed gone. to be gone. Yeah. Tape is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to the next match of the evening. Oh God! And I can su- and, I, and I and I only have three words to sum up this whole match. What the fuck is where I'm going with this? Oh boy! I I I need at some point we need whoever booked WrestleMania six Vince or whoever. I need some I. I I wish Roddy Piper was still alive so I could ask him this question because I need to know what the fuck, but here's the match. It's Bad News Brown versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, children, um, do you want to give the backstory on this? Uh, I would love to get the backstory on this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we cut to the promo for WrestleMania 6 beforehand. Roddy Piper. Come out. Come out. Okay, children. Let me do the disclaimer. So the backstory on this borderlines into that realm where Rowdy Piper is a little bit on the uh, overly eccentric racist side. Yes, this is uh. So as as we mentioned so, before on the WrestleMania two recap, we talked about this quite a bit, and I'm sure so, in the ones leading up to this, we might have mentioned it some more. But it comes back, ladies and gentlemen. It it comes back. Yeah. So the same. If, if, if you're not ready for this, you might want to. It's time for you to go. Yeah, this might be the time for you to go because it's shit. We, ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to do this, but we have to. Oh no, we want to do it's, this. Oh, Gator wants to do this. I don't want to do this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I would love to to not have to talk about this particular topic in a wrestling recap. I would love it, but when it's in your fucking face like this, we're doing talk. a disservice not talking about it. Roddy Piper does his promo with Mean Gene, which I will admit was actually a very good promo. Roddy Piper's great at promos. We all know this. If you're a wrestling fan. Oh, no, he's great. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. He's great at promos. He's just like me. When you tell me to get my heat, I'm going to do it at all costs. Yes. Yes. And we're going to get to that. And there's a recap. Best way to explain this. Let, Let me put it this way. There's a recap. That is coming up in the near future on the oh, weekly yeah. base of the show. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk about that shit. I-, I know which one it is, and dear fucking God. Is it the one I think it is? Uh, It's not on this episode. It's on a future recap that we're doing. But I, I, watched-, I watched one of them to take notes on, and fuck. So, anyway, um... We're going to get to, so, Roddy Piper's doing his promo with Mean Gene. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Roddy Piper has one half of his entire body, minus his hair, painted black. Like, he was, now I will say, he was not full-fledged blackface. He was only half. Yes. Like. But it wasn't. 
But it wasn't enough to just do half your face. He basically did what you would do at a football game. You put your team's colors on your face. Half is like green, half is like orange. Uh, go Notre Dame. I'm probably, it's probably not their colors, but I don't give a fuck. I don't watch college. Go Niagara, go! He's got half his face is black. No, 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 no. But then his arm is black. Yes. The leg is black all the way down to the knee pad. Then on the other his, side of the knee pad, the rest is black. It is half. He, he painted half his body black. What the fuck? Just not the half. Not just just not the half he wanted to paint black. Because even if you add paint, it's not gonna grow. He is Scottish. Uh, so. Yes. So he's a member of the Wee Willie Club. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's just. Not making fun is just the way it is. But anyway, my point is... No, that's what, just... That, look, the, kids, these what, are just the facts. Yes. What the... Who approved this? The Jews? Well, unless there's... Now, that could be true. There could be Jews in the creative booking department. I don't fucking know. I, I don't... I look at Vince McMahon and go, what the fuck were you thinking? What... This is 1990. This ain't. We're not even in the 80s anymore. This is the early fucking 90s, and we did this shit. We're in the. We're in a new decade, and we kick it off with this. Are you shit, dear God? What the fuck is wrong with Roddy Piper? What the fuck, dude? Like, I've seen wrestlers get canceled for less. I've seen wrestlers get canceled for less. This motherfucker paints half his face black. And no one said shit. Jimmy Fallon paints his face black. Almost got nailed to a fucking cross. They're pretty damn close. Dude, what the fuck? Oh my god. So Keep going. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. So Piper now heads to the ring. Now, Piper does something interesting here. Now, this, ladies and gentlemen, is what is known as subliminal racist shit. It's not outright, but if you look real closely, you can pinpoint it. And if I can pinpoint it, that's saying something. Because I don't look for this shit when I watch wrestling. So if it's if it's obvious to me, it's it should be obvious to fucking everybody. First of all, here's here's the other thing. During the promo, he would show the white side of his face and call himself Hot Rod. He would show the black side of his face and call himself Hot Scott. Why? What in the fuck? His real name's not even Scott. He has no Scott in his name of any kind except the fact that he's Scott-ish. So maybe that's the reason. I don't fucking know. But what? He's not even Scottish. The fuck? Wait, wait, wait. He's not Scottish? <laughs> not in reality, no. <laughs> he's not Scottish. Oh. Are you fuck? What the fuck is he then? American. He, he doesn't have any Scottish in his ancestry. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. It says here he was born in Saskatchewan, Canada. Yes. He's fucking Canadian. Yes. 
Are you shitting me, dude? A gimmick is a gimmick, Vinny. Oh my god. A gimmick is a gimmick. Oh my god. My mind just got blown during a WrestleMania recap. I did not. It's all good. It's all good, children. I'm watching page porn. Oh my god. This is. This is. Oh my god. So. Then. You'd think it can't get worse. Roddy Piper starts dancing in the ring. But. Here's the key, because some people are thinking, well, Vinny, that's not racist. White people dance. Yes, we do. But not like that, but not like that. But also, he, anytime he does a dance move, only the black side of his body is moving. The white side is completely still. Mm hmm. What the fuck? How did Bad News Brown not potato the shit out of him? Please tell I, I have to believe they sat down in the back and Bad News Brown gave some kind of blessing. Because if I'm Bad News Brown and I'm watching this shit, I am potatoing the fuck out of Piper. Somebody I'm somebody, laying into uh, his ass. He's gonna get busted open on live fucking pay-per-view. If I'm somebody, not somebody take young Jamie Dundee away from the TV, please. Y yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what the what the fuck? Uh, apparently Apparently they know what kayfabe means because nobody was fucking killed. So anyway, <laughs> the fuck, the fuck. Now, here's the and here's the crazy part. If you want to know, this is how you know generations have changed. Piper's doing all this shit to get and, his heat. But that's the thing, he's not getting heat. The crowd is going fucking bananas. They're popping uh, well, for this. He did because he didn't do it right. There's a way to get your heat. You come out half black face. You bring a rope. But wait a minute. Are you sure that? Okay. Before we get to that, like, is was was he the heel in this feud? I. That's what I thought. I mean, because I'm think I'm getting a weird feeling. He's a baby face in this. I'm getting a strange feeling. He was a baby face. Think so, but this tells you, folks, this is a different time. White folks was racist. And he, oh, oh, and by the way, in case y'all want to sit there and go, go fucking racist Americans. This was in Toronto. Yeah. So you can't put this on America. And and Piper's Canadian. Yeah. So America ain't got shit to do with this. Yes, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. This is all, the, the only American you can blame for this is Vince McMahon because he runs the goddamn company. But as far as American culture, nobody popped for this because Americans probably weren't there. I mean, I'm sure maybe there were a few in the stands, but no way to tell for sure because it's 1990. So there wasn't like it wasn't international people always flying out to mania like they would dec a decade later. But my point that's my point. Point is this. What the fuck? And then, that's all I'm thinking throughout this whole match, is what the fuck am I watching? And then, so then, the match is basically a brawl, as these guys have a grudge going all the way back to the Royal Rumble, which is where their feud started, the 1990 Royal Rumble. So, it was a brawl, and not a match, which again, I appreciate. I don't like seeing people who are in a legit feud where they hate each other, Going out there and having a technical match. I want to see the hatred in your eyes that you're showing in these fucking promos. Yes. 
again, I agree a hundred percent with this. Yes, which which is a lesson that Ambrose and Rollins need to fucking learn. And yes, I'll put them on blast every time I bring this example up. But anyway, that's what you did every time. Yes. So this is mostly a brawl. Now Piper puts on a glove and knocks out Bad News Bear a few times with it. Um, now Gator. You're more of an expert in this area than I am. Am I to assume that's a loaded glove? Yes. Good. Okay. Because it was looking fucking weird. And again, we got to put the refs in here. Because the ref seems to be perfectly okay with this loaded glove. Now, is the ref supposed to think that's just a regular glove? No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not the referee. Psychology is dead. But what? But it, don't you? I mean, I'm just saying. In that particular situation, is the ref supposed to like stop for a minute, check the glove, or just let this shit go? No, you. He's supposed to turn his head. <laughs> a blind eye. A blind eye sees all. Jesus Christ. It also says nothing and has accountability for deniability. Yes. Uh, blind eye. That's what they look. That that's what they did back in the day when when um, Aaron Burr shot motherfucking Alexander Hamilton. They brought the doctor in. You know, hey, we're gonna have a duel. You know, you treat him with civility, and then the, and then you turn him around so he has deniability. And that's the same thing you should do with a referee. Turn him around so he has deniability. Yes. Now, they both get counted out, but continue to fight with each other despite WWE officials trying to separate them. So basically, this whole fucking thing ends in a double count out. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one pissed about this? No. Good. Because y'all know how I feel. I don't like DQs or count outs at pay-per-views, period. But WrestleMania, fuck that. WrestleMania is supposed to be the big show. It was what it was. I, I didn't... Uh, I've never liked that kind of thing. Yeah. But and, that's me. And on our note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening, if we want to call it that. Um, the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, versus the Bolsheviks, which consists of Nikolai Volkov and Boris Shukov. Uh, all right, I gotta stop you there. Zukov. Thank you. No, seriously, Zukov. That's how you say it. Okay, Zukov. Um, God, this was a clusterfuck too. Um, it it was just a, it was there. Like I hate to say this, but back then they did a lot of filler. You know, and that's what this was filler. It, it wasn't even filler. It lasted nineteen seconds. That's the reason it was filler. <laughs> I mean, the Hart Foundation basically attacks the Bolsheviks while they... It was s- a flash match from hell. Yes, while they sing the national anthem, and then they nail Boris with a heart attack, and that's the whole fucking match. So now they're trying to make it sound like the Hart Foundation is in line for a tag team title shot against Demolition. Really? Yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah, after a 19-second match, they're now ready for a title shot when they know good and hell well with Demolition. They're going to last longer than 19 seconds. Well, this is like, all right. (laughs) 
How do you please a woman? Oh, I, I, oh, I knew it was coming. Either you were gonna say it or I was gonna say it. One of us was gonna fucking say it at this point. How do you please a woman? You can't go ten. You can't go ten minutes. How can you please a woman? Um, <laughs> that has become my saying for some fucking reason. Oh, I know. I said it once during during a review. It was I? I yeah, but I said it. I said it before that. Oh, and, you did. Um, it, it's totally your phrase. It's a completely your phrase. I said it before that when we were talking about the Brie Bella Neelif guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, oh, so God. 19 seconds of, okay, and then that. So we basically get through that ordeal. It's, it's a lot like Zach's sex life, you know? Get in, get out, get gone. Well, he would have to get in first, and that hasn't happened in quite a while. So Yeah, I know. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. He hates that song, but I don't know. Oh, I know it is. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die alone. And the thing is, I've already told Zach, once he gets laid, we'll change it. But that's the only way we're changing it. But anyway. Yes, uh, we'll change it to Macho Macho Man. Because he's a macho, macho, macho man. We are never giving him that theme song. Why not? That is the gayest shit I think I could find. Um, but now we can find. I could find something gayer. But anyway, um, my we point is, we, we I could find it. I'll find it. But anyway, um, on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We have a mutual friend of ours, the Barbarian, with Bobby, Bobby. with Barb with Bobby Heenan versus Tito Santana. <laughs> The Mexican jumping bean. Yes. Um, who gets called Chico the whole time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I just, I love watching Barbarian wrestle. I do, too. I do. I really do. Because he's just, he, he just shows everybody why he's what he is. Yes. He does. He looks badass in this match. Oh, he looks bad. Well, he looks badass. He looks way more badass in in the uh, late eighties. Oh yeah, mid to late eighties. When, but even here in the early nineties, he still looks pretty damn good. Oh yeah, he hits a vicious. He's a macho, macho, macho man. Yep, and then um, he hits a vicious clothesline, and then a shoulder tackle off the top rope. Um. Tito hits his finish, but Bobby Heenan puts Barb's foot on the rope. And then that later leads to the Barbarian picking up the win. Right. And let me say something about managers, okay? Let me say something about managers. That is the way you do that properly. Yes. When the referee is not paying attention. Absolutely. I agree. And... But yeah, so Barbarian looked great in this pay-per-view. And like I said, because he's a personal... He's a good friend to both of us, so I like seeing Barb, you know, get I like Barb. Like this. I, you know, I managed his nephew. Yes, you told me that. Um, yes. I've... Uh, Asa- uh, hold on, make sure I say it correct. Asafi. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I managed his nephew for the longest time, which uh, I still, to this day... Uh, have good contact with Safi and lo- love him to death. Yeah, and uh, and I've worked with Barb on multiple uh, UCW shows. And when I officially came back to the company after I after I had left, 
uh, for a period of time. He was one of the first guys to like welcome me back when I came back to the yes. locker room. Welcome back, bitch. <laughs> well, he said brother, but yeah. He always says brother. His his nephew. Okay, so his nephew has a deeper voice than he does. Oh shit! So it's that's fucking nephew, possible. Yes, his oh. nephew's like six five and like three twenty. So it's fuck. Yeah, so it's kind of it's it, it's fucking like we don't like when I used to manage him because I'm six three. When I when I used to manage him, I used to tell him. You only get one word in the promo because your voice is so damn deep and it needs to be impactful. So he would, at the end of his promos, he would go, damn right, brada. And, but he's got, so so his voice was just, oh, damn right, brada. Oh, yeah. I That's like that. That's that Tongan shit. That's that Tongan shit. Oh, God, the Tongan shit. And then, yeah. and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening here. We have... For the first time ever in WWE history, and I did not know this was, this was the first one ever, but this is the first ever mixed tag team match in the history of WWE. We have... This the, was the first one? That's what they announced it as, the first time ever. This is the first really? one ever. That's what I was told. Unless you saw a different one in WWE. No, 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 I just couldn't, I hadn't... Wow, okay. This is the first one ever. And wow. it is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Sapphire with versus the Macho King. Here we go. Versus the Macho King, Randy Savage, and Queen Sherry. But Dusty Rhodes announces beforehand because earlier in the show, a columnist named Rona Barrett interviewed Miss Elizabeth. And Miss Elizabeth had been away from the ring for a while, but. They were kind of hinting at the fact that she may return to the ring someday. Well, Dusty Rose decided today was that day because the lovely Miss Elizabeth was in the corner of the American Dream and Sapphire, baby. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Just of course, pissed the hell out of the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm not gonna say it. What kind of bullshit was the dream trying to pull? You know what this you know what this was? What? A wet dream. <laughs> well sometimes in America, baby, the rain does fall from the sky. Yes, right on to Elizabeth's pussy. Anyway <laughs> It's there. Man, I, that, I thought you would have at least have the tits or something. Christ. But anyway. Um, <laughs> it's <damn>. there. <laughs> so this was the first ever mixed tag team match in WWE anybody else? Anybody else want to fuck Miss Sapphire? I mean, I don't because I don't play in the mud. But Vinny? <laughs> Scott. Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, um, well, <laughs> well, you've already made this uncomfortable. But, um, uh, well, I have been known to be down with the swirl, but down with the brown. Yes, you down but, with the brown. Yes, but I don't know necessarily if I would have did sapphire. I can't. I can't say yes. I can't say no. Um, Hashtag down with the brown. I mean, um, no, nah, probably not. But you know, like I said, I have, I have been down with the swirl, but I don't know if I do sapphire. Um, down anyway, with the brown, uh, boys. Down with the brown. Yes, but anyway. Uh, this was the first ever mixed tag match in WWE history. 
And the and they said clearly stated in this match the men only wrestled the men and the women only the wrestled women the, women. the women. But that's Jerry. an interesting thing to know. Hold on, that's an interesting thing to know because that's one of the things we talked about in wrestling today, where they do that. But apparently, that was the case even back then. So this was the original rules of the match. So now, even though it does frustrate me a little bit. I can't be too mad because they did set that precedent. They might have broke those rules a little bit in the Attitude Era where you could do more edgier shit, but that was the original format for this match. So I want to make our wrestling listeners aware of that. This this was the precedent that Vince set even back in 1990. So I want to make that clear. Um, I will say this. Jesse Ventura says a lot of things in this match that I 100% agree with him on. I don't know, Gator, how you feel, but... Were... Uh, basically, Jesse said at one point, he like, he goes, he goes, he's like, Gorilla, that rule is ridiculous. What with the women's movement and everything. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I can see that. I do. I think the guys and the girls should mix it up in the ring. I'm very much an advocate for that. I, I, I completely disagree, but okay. I'm saying, you want... You want to be equal to me? Then step in the ring and let's get it on, bitch. Otherwise, don't get in the no. ring with me. No. Don't get in the no, ring no, with no, me. No, no, no. If no, I'm, no, no, if I'm no, supposed no. to be on a higher level than you, don't get in the ring with me. That's why no, no, no. I could never have been a baby face in that situation. I know I couldn't. I would hate it. But no, anyway, no, no, no. I will say um, Sapphire had some good moments in this match. Um... She, she did for not being a wrestler. Yes. Um, she done okay. Yeah. Like, she uses her big-ass hips to take down Sherry, which I thought was great. Yes, I, I Oh, I bet you was all up into them big-ass hips. Oh, yeah, man. It's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. You mean, it's try to tell me her hips, hips don't lie? Oh, oh, they, they tell the two twenty-four-seven three sister five, baby. If you she's will. an American dream, baby. Oh, yeah. American Sweetness. dream. Uh, and she also does an airplane spin. Yeah, that was done well. You know, I haven't seen one of those in years. And Not done correctly. Yes. And then uh, Sherry, at one point, tries to lift Sapphire, and she can't do it. And you hear Monsoon say, too much weight. I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're allowed to do that? Yes, because I did it with Nia Jax. Um, no, but I, no, what I'm saying is oh, that... Oh, not me. You're talking about everybody else. Yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about, like, usually with the women, with the exception of Nia Jax, they never even mention their weight when they're coming to the ring. Correct. They say it with Nia Jax because... She's a big old girl. <laughs> hey, 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 I like them that size. Yeah. I, I do, too. I do, too. I'm not hating. I'm just, I'm just stating what's... I'm stating facts, Gator. That's what we do here. We state facts. Nia Jax oh, yes. a big girl. The fact, the okay. Fact is, the fact is, she a big bitch. Yes, I didn't say she, she wasn't. I, I didn't say she wasn't attractive. I just said she was big. She a big bitch. Yes, she a big. But old... she gone far, and it don't matter yes. anyway. So Monsoon says too much weight. I'm surprised he was allowed to say that in 1990. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, it's the women's movement. I I guess. Well, apparently, well, not in this case because he couldn't move the woman. But anyway, uh, so the ref, now, I will say this, despite 
these rules in play. We got to put the ref over here. Now, I don't know if we should blast the ref or not because I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Okay. But at some point in the match, the ref allows Sapphire to push to hit Randy and for Dusty to push Sherry. I'm okay with this. Are you? No, but I have a different reason. Go ahead. I don't think women's wrestling is something that should be. I don't like women's wrestling. Yes, you've we've I don't. established this. And, I, and I'm just being totally honest when I say that. I don't like women's wrestling. I don't like women in the ring, period, unless they're a ballet or anything of that type. So it, it pisses me off. To see a man touch a woman like that because she shouldn't be in there with him in the first place. Now, I understand special situations like with a baby face and a heel valet that's got so much heat, you do got to get some of the heat off of her. But, God damn, I have never really cared for women wrestling. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. And then at one point. Now, did I say that in a way that did not make me sound misogynistic? No, you didn't. You did. You you did say it in a way that doesn't make you sound misogynistic. That okay. Because here's the thing. I just don't. I don't find it believable because okay. That's even then. Even then, men are supposed to be the stronger sex. So why is it that a man is going to look weak getting beat up by a woman? And it, it, immediately, that's what happens. Yeah, and that's a reality thing. So that's you know that's, exactly. So that's exactly. So there is like, some there, there is there like, is truth to what you're saying. Now you can say I don't like women's wrestling, and here's why. But when you yeah, say like exactly. women have, but when you say women have, it's when you say things like women have no business being in the ring and should. Well, only they be. don't. But I'm saying there's there's, time, there's ways where they have no business in the ring. They only have business as a valet. Other than that, they need to be barefoot, pregnant in the kitchen. Now that's the misogynistic part. I, I understand that, but I'm a heel, so I don't give a fuck. Um, All right. Well, anyway, here's, uh, the th- here's the thing, though. I'm just saying this. They they only need to be valets, and when they're not valets, they need to be having their legs over their head. It's very simple. You know, you could have ended this with we they they only need to be valets, and you would have had a case there. I no, I still have a case. I, you just don't like to listen to the last part. No, because I I like I I want see I okay, I don't know if you know this, but I want people to actually want to listen to this show. Don't even right. That's the that's the reason I'm taking the heat. All right. The following. <laughs> so I've been my motherfucking things. If yes. you don't like it, opinions. If you don't fucking like it, don't try to message me because I'm just gonna fucking ignore you. All right. Well, Jesse says. And, and, oh, and by the way, don't message me. I'm done playing messenger boy with all this shit. I am. I'm done with it. He is. I'm done with he it. He is. He is. So if you don't like it, you don't like it. Complain but to somebody you know, else. But you know that there are a lot of people who think like that. All right. So anyway, Jesse says if she wants to play Lumberjack, let her carry her end to Sapphire, which I like that. Again. <sighs> and there are other moments in the match where the guys do touch the girls and the girls touch the guys in different states. Like he said, like, you know, he's like, he's like, Sapphire struck him first or the macho man struck or Dusty hit first, something like that. And Jesse tries to justify it throughout the whole match. And like I said, I'm in total agreement with Jesse. Total agreement. 
Well, it be like if you that touch me first, you know? if you if you hit me first, I'm allowed to retaliate regardless of who you are. That's how I feel. I I disagree with that, but I was raised southern. Yes, um, I would I I yeah I, I'm from the north, and I'm also I'm also I was raised not to take shit. So that's pretty much where I'm at. But anyway, yes, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit a woman. Uh, hey, I'm just saying if you, if you're willing to let a woman slap you around and call you Susie, be my guest. That just ain't me. Unless she really unless she really fucking deserved it. Yeah, and um, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. If you hit me first, I'm gonna retaliate. Uh, but I'm not gonna well, go around slapping bitches for no reason. I don't do that. Here's, here's the thing: if she don't have dinner on the table at five o'clock, paya. <laughs> Well, that's getting cut out. But anyway. Oh. oh, I'm so glad we're not live anymore. I'm so glad we're not live anymore. Oh, that was great. Yeah. All right. Take a deep breath. We got to finish this. These are, these are jokes, children. These are jokes. All right. So, Don't take them seriously. Don't be a pussy. All right. So in the end, Elizabeth shoves Sherry over the back of Sapphire. Sapphire rolls her up, gets the one, two, three, and Dusty and Sapphire win the match. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was great. This was entertaining. This was very entertaining. It was very entertaining. I loved it. thought it was very well I done. Just- I, I, it, for me though, for me, I just, I don't care for women in the ring. All right. That's fine. But anyway, but Sherry, Sherry's an exception. Cause she just is a heat magnet. So, oh yeah, totally, totally a heat magnet. But and anyway. on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We have another tag team match. We have the Orient Express, which consists of Sato and Pat Tanaka with Mr. Fuji. Taking on the Rockers, which of course is Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Can we talk about the match, or is some stuff you need to get off your chest again? No, it's great. This was a this was an okay match, I guess. Yes, uh, it lasted a good seven minutes thirty eight seconds. Yep. Um, yep. Pat Tanaka will... came in strong, looked good. Yes. Uh, uh, then Marty Jannetty tried to kick his fucking head off. Yes. Uh, we saw a great uh, double team moves by the Rockers. Oh, my God, another murder. Anyway. Uh, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I didn't know how. I didn't know how. I didn't know how you were going to do it, but you were going to fucking do it. I knew you were going to fucking do it. I knew you were going to fucking do it. All right. So, anyway. I was holding it in. Okay. That's your one. Are you done? Yes. Okay, good. You got you got any system now. Let's talk about the match. All yes, right. it was it was great. I mean, I mean it was it was it was it was what it was. It was meant to get the Rockers over. Yes, and there was, and that was it. Yes, you know, over meant to get them over. Yes, so the, we saw great double team moves by the Rockers. Uh, Sato at one point throws salt in Marty's eyes. HBK chases after Fuji with his cane as they get counted. Which I out. wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I would not. Have been that upset if I hadn't already seen a spot with a manager in a previous match on the show. Okay. You can do too many. You can. You can. Um. So anyway, the Rockers get counted out. So the Orient Express wins by count out. But I will say, 
what I loved about this match was we saw great tag team wrestling and both teams wrestled like a tag team. That's this what I love about this match. We saw this is a true, great but you didn't see that in some of the other You didn't see that in some of the other uh matches. Yeah. But we saw it here, which was fantastic. And of course, Fuji hits Janetti with a cane during all this and the huge melee that happens. Oh, then... don't hit Janetti! I'm their manager now. Yeah, yeah so anyway. On that note, we move on. I didn't make any joke. I just said don't hit Janetti. I, I know. I'm moving on to the next match. Okay. I'm just did, did making you... it. I didn't make no joke. I, I didn't say you did. I just wanted to finish. I'm moving on. Okay. 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 That's all. All right. Okay. We, so now on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Um, We have Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, God. Versus Dino Bravo. Oh, with fuck. Jimmy Hart. And earthquake. Oh God. Okay. Oh. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to talk about Miss Elizabeth like that. Oh. oh. Sad part is he's not wrong. I'm not. He's ask, not wrong. Ask, ask Lex. Oh well, I didn't ask him, but I read his book. Ask I Lex. Know. She's not Sunny, but no, no. He's no. Nobody can be sunny. That's a hard. That's a hard one to top. The uh, only one. The only one closest to sunny would be Missy Hyatt. Yeah. And and that's that's pushing it. Yeah. So, but if you if you if you if you're sunny if you're on the sunny level. Yes. But anyway. Could, um, but you could call Miss Elizabeth cloudy. <laughs> yes. Yes. God damn! Oh, yeah. I, you know, I never got into hacksaw as a re as a worker. Really? Sweet guy. Yeah, I just never got into him as a worker though. Not not even during this time because this is really when he's starting to go off of his prime. Yeah. In the early days though, he was kick ass. Oh, he was phenomenal. He was great. Oh yeah, great. But now now you just the motherfucker's still working indie shows. Oh, yeah, I know. We tried to get Hacksaw on a few of our shows, but we just couldn't work out the pricing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It'd so be like that sometimes. It does. It does. We've had, you know, we just saying, we couldn't. We just couldn't agree on a, on a price at the time. But maybe Hacksaw might be somebody we bring in one day. But anyway, um, at one point, now, as before this match even starts, once again... Jesse Ventura's got something to say. And once again, we're in total agreement. Oh, God. Why is Jim Duggan carrying an American flag to the ring and chanting USA in Canada? Canada? Yeah, I, I, I hadn't quite figured that one out yet myself. And he got booed, too. That was the sad part. Why was he even on the card? He got booed. I mean, here's the thing. You can't have somebody with a gimmick that is to be an American and to be... I 
okay, it's like this, okay? I can't I can't put somebody in the ring whose gimmick is they're Moroccan in America and have them carry a flag and scream I'm Moroccan, I'm Moroccan and want them to want people to cheer him. It You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it doesn't work. You know, that's why even I the Canadian can't. wrestlers, like, the only time they really waved Canadian flags or boasted about being Canadian was when they were heels. Was in America when they were heels. Yeah. Yeah, eh? Exactly. It's like... Hey, yeah. This is, a, this is a boot, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a ring. A boot, yeah. Yeah. So, now the fans, they kind of... I did hear some fans cheer for it, though. Or were they booing? I just couldn't tell. There was a lot of booing going on. Yeah. Cause other a lot of booing. Because other countries get annoyed when you do that. They yes, really do. They got annoyed. They got annoyed uh, not too long ago when the, when uh, WWE did the flag match with uh, with Rusev and the Bulgarian flag and all that. Well, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that there were some people that got mad because some people forget that wrestling is supposed to be a story. Yeah, I know. And they were talking about all these rules that they broke with the American flag. And it's like, it's a fucking storyline, you idiot. Like, oh, you're never... they dropped the ground. Yeah, and... exactly. Uh, yeah, and they didn't drop the flag. The reason the flag hit the ground was because Rusev punched Cena in the back of the head, and he went down, which is what you do when you get hit in the back of the fucking head. No shit. Vinny should know. Thank you. I got slapped in the face, first of all. Uh, you went down, though. Yes. You went down. I went down because someone told me I was supposed to go down. Yes, and you were supposed to go. Well, you were supposed to sell it, but you, you oversold it, and that's my fault. Yes. Again, another story, another podcast. Anyway. That's, so, that's my I love that we're teasing it because they're going to love to hear this story, but another story, another podcast. But anyway. In my defense, you were talking about a trash can, and we're going to leave it with that. Yes. So anyway, um, so anyway, that happens. Uh, Jimmy Hart is yelling into his megaphone throughout the match. Um, and you get over it real quick. Yeah, it's like, all right, dude, this is, this is getting to be a bit much. Um, but anyway, You're overdoing it. You're overdoing it. Yes. Dino Bravo. It's, then... like, it's like Alfonso in the goddamn whistle. Uh, oh, another oh. podcast, another oh, show. Oh, oh, it's gonna be another podcast, another show. I have it written down, and I'm gonna have some shit to say. But anyway, Dino Bravo dominates for a moment, but Duggan then starts psyching himself up like a hulking up kind of thing. Which I thought that was only Hogan's thing. I didn't know other people in the WWE were allowed to do that because I thought that's what Hogan did. Yeah. Uh... Oh, God. And just in case anyone out there thinks I'm tripping, Andre the Giant once beat the shit out of Big John Stud in the ring because he stepped over the top rope. So Hogan's yes. not the only petty motherfucker. Andre the Giant was a petty motherfucker. Okay. So don't look at me like I'm crazy. Like, who cares if he hikes him, if he psychs himself up like that? Because wrestlers give a shit about that if it's part of their gimmick. If it's part of, well, like, okay, like Wahoo. And which I've, I man, anyway, but um, yeah. like Wahoo, 
Well, like Wahoo, okay? Nobody did an Indian strap match, and nobody was and nobody was going to win an Indian strap match if it wasn't Wahoo. Yeah. If so, it's their gimmick, so, they fucking hold their gimmick close. Yeah. So, close. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, so Duggan starts doing the Hulkin thing, but Bravo quickly regains control, which is why I don't think it, it copied too much. Because once he got hit, he got hit. Um, but then Hacksaw starts making his comeback. He then right. picks up his two by four, and he gets the win I, by hitting him. With the I got my two by four, and he takes out. And then after he takes out Earthquake with it for interfering, he turns around, hits Dino with it, and ladies and gentlemen, a miracle happens in this show. Duggan goes over her. No, that's not the miracle. That's not the miracle. <laughs> Duggan's gone over a few times. I thought the miracle. Gator, did you see the miracle? Did you see the miracle Jesus did in the ring? All right, Mike Bennett, calm the fuck down. No, I'll tell you what it is. The referee was distracted. Yes, I know. Call an ambulance. It finally fucking happened. It worked. It finally fucking worked. A referee finally understood what the fuck you're supposed to do. He turned the blind eye to Jimmy Hart. Thank fucking God. If we take nothing else away from this fucking match, it's that the referee finally did his goddamn job. I wish I knew the referee by name so I could name drop him because I don't know which one it is. But fuck, it wasn't Hebner because he only did the main events as far as I know. But it was one of these other motherfuckers here. And Jesus, about fucking time someone did that. Ugh. Anyway, I digress. As we move on to the next match of the evening, which was the only match other than the main event that actually got some time, that was actually that had some heat, and that people were actually looking forward to seeing. We see for the million dollar championship, Ted DiBiase with Virgil defends the title against Jake the Snake. Roberts. Okay, I gotta go ahead and throw this out there. You know that cliche they say about black men? Uh, no. And I'm scared for you to you know, tell me. You know that they got big dicks. Y- yes, I've, I've, I've heard that story. Virgil. Really? I've been in the locker room. I've seen it. Oh, and did you also know? Now you know the the story about white guys, right? Yeah, we've got teeny weeny peenies. Yeah, which is accurate, but anyway. And I can I can disprove that theory with three words. Ron Jeremy. Well, that's two words, but no, that wasn't where I was going. But I was going to say. No, that's where I was going. Here's the three words: Colonel Robert Parker. Parker, yeah. <laughs> yes. I haven't seen it. But Ronnie has told me stories time and time again. I've been in the locker room. Hold on. I've been in the locker room with with old Robert Fuller. And <laughs> so, so, there's, so there's some truth to this story. I, I've, I haven't seen it. I was working when he was getting cleaned up. But someone came and told you. But I have heard stories from my grandfather yeah. that, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Disproves that theory right there. But, yeah. So anyway, we have this match. Now, before we go into this, we have to say one thing here and give acknowledgement. Jake Roberts is notorious 
for being great on the mic. His promos are fantastic. I think we can all agree, out of every promo he's ever cut, the one at this show was his absolute best. Oh, agreed. For sure agreed. I will say this, though. He, he, yes, he is a great promo man, but he is so underrated, so underrated as a worker and a psychologist. He is a ring general. Well, I think the psychology side, I don't think he's underrated. I think people have always acknowledged that he's great at psychology. They have, but they, they haven't, there hasn't been like a full, like, yes. Yeah. I've, well, I've, here's what I've heard. I've heard Diamond Dallas Page say that. I've heard Steve Austin say that. And if you listen to the Broken Skull Sessions, you've heard Undertaker say that. Because when Undertaker was starting out with his gimmick, Jake was the guy he went to for advice on how to portray the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So that tells you, if the if Taker is getting advice from Jake, that means he knows what the fuck he's saying, talking about. Mm-hmm. So For sure. So anyway, what's interesting about this match is that Jake goes for the DDT way too soon. It still looked good, though. It was telling yeah. the story. Because Ted, now here's what happens. And I saw this, because you don't see this often in wrestling anymore, but it's old school as fuck. Mm-hmm. Jake hooks him for the DDT. Ted quickly drops to the ground and then rolls and slides out of the ring. Yes. You don't see the bailout much. That is a great old school counter. That was so well done. Thing. It's an old school heel thing. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, yo, but usually when someone hooks I've him for the DDT. I've done it. I've seen it done. And there's a lot of indie guys that do it sometimes. Yeah. But when it's done correctly like that, oh, God, it gets heat. It does because the crowd understands what you're doing. Yes, you're stalling. Yes. So now, of course, they're – um. now at one point, uh, there, I, and I think it was Jake. I think it was Jake. I could be wrong. But at one point, they're working the arm. Starts working the arm, and he does this leverage move where he's like, where he has the arm twisted, but it still lifts him off the ground with it. I don't think I ever saw that before. Is that now safety gator? Is that safe? That's not safe. Because I'm saying you got somebody's arm twisted up. I don't want you lifting me off the ground. That hurts enough. Like fuck that. May I? May I do? May I do the gimmick? Sure. That's not safe. Yes. And then we see a great ground game with the hammer lock that later gets switched to a chicken wing. And this is Jake doing this. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. why we're saying he's underrated as a worker because he did a great job with that. And then, of course, DiBiase eventually regains the upper hand. Um, now, there was this, now, at one point, there was a high knee that Ted DiBiase did. And there was a weird counter to it where Jake kind of fell flat on his face. And I can't tell if that was a botch or not. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. It was kind of a. It was kind of a weird situation where they both kind of fucked up. So it was kind of a collective deal, but it wasn't really like a full botch. Okay. They came back from it well. Yeah, and then the crowd goes nuts when uh, the million dollar dream gets locked in on Jake. Crowd's going crazy. Um, they drop to the ground, and Jake uses the rope break to stop the pin. Which I, which again was great. Uh, Virgil then pulls Jake out of the ring. So Dan- so then Jake does a scoop slam to Virgil, and he hits the mat hard as a motherfucker. Uh, DiBiase locks in the Million Dollar Dream and runs Roberts into the ring post. He sold the fuck out of it too, boy. Oh, yeah. Virgil throws Ted back in the ring, and he wins via countout. 
Jake then beats him down and DDTs him after the match. And then takes his money and gives some of it to the crowd. And here's the thing. Mary Tyler Moore is sitting in the audience. He Jake gives Mary Tyler Moore a hundred dollars. Because of course she needs the money. Um I would have done it for free. Not a blowjob. Yeah. Jake then uh, takes some more money. And I love the fact that he does the trademark where he steals Ted's trademark, where he shoves it down DiBiase's throat. Mm-hmm. And then Jake goes for Damien, but Virgil grabs Ted and they run for the hills as Jake chases after them with Damien in his hand. Psychology. Yeah. So despite the count out, it's still the finish was still well done. Was this was this also no this is an Alice Cooper? No, that was a later WrestleMania. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. They get mixed up in my head. But yes, I agree completely. Yeah. So I, so even though it's like one of those things where as a kid you're kind of pissed off that Ted DiBiase got the win. Right, but you're also sitting there like, a count out, really? Yeah, but because... Jake Roberts still got, you know, the upper the, hand and still got... The vindication. Yes. The vindication still Vindication. Sent, vindication, sorry. Sent everybody home happy. Not vindication. What the hell is vindication? Is that I don't a know. I thought, I, thought, I thought that's what you said. Maybe you said... No, it's wrestling. vindication. Well, you didn't, you didn't speak clear enough. Anyway... But anyway, so we see that. So anyway, we get so we see this amazing match, God damn. which was the, and then of course on this note we move on to the next match of the evening. We have the Big Boss Man versus Akeem with Slick. Big Boss Man. Yes. Big Boss Man. I just I like saying his name like that. Okay. The Big Boss Man. How'd you feel about this match? Clusterfuck. It was two big guys. It was a big hoss. I mean, it was a big hoss match, and you're just like, why? Yeah. Why was this here? What was the story behind this? Because there wasn't much one. Apparently, they were a tag team, and they broke up. That's the right. extent of... Yeah, the there was a Tower of Terror or some shit. Yeah. I think Akeem turned on Boss... No, I think it was... No, I remember now. They were... Akeem was aligning with the Million Dollar Man. But Big right, Boss Man... money went, buys all. And Big Boss Man was saying, I can't be bought. And that's what broke them up. Yeah, Big Boss Man. Now, Big Boss Man cuts a great promo before the match, except for the end where he says, I'm proud to be an American. Again, you're in fucking Canada. Am I taking crazy pills here or what? What the fuck? I know, I know. They're thinking more... They're thinking more of the, okay, how can we get him over with our people on pay-per-view? Even though they're not worried about people in the arena booing the man, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's, what? Because because I'm going to tell you something. If they boo, other people are going to boo, and they see that. Like, did you... If you don't, if you wouldn't do it in an arena, 
Don't do it on TV because you're not going to get it over. Yeah, that's the audience you need to be paying attention to is the one that paid the tickets to see you. The pay-per-view people are going to like what they want to like, but you got to entertain that audience in that crowd because if they're dead, the show's dead. For fuck's sake. But anyway, so a million-dollar man attacks the boss man before the bell because apparently by apparently in the meantime, in between time, he was able to get away from Jake the Snake and Damien. You know, makes sense, you know. Ted DiBiase has a crazy man with a snake chasing after him, and I'm going to come back into the arena because, you know, money can buy me everything but brains. And then, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Just from a kayfabe standpoint, that's fucking stupid. If I'm running from somebody with a snake, I'm getting in a car, and I'm driving the fuck out of the building. I'm gone. I'm gone. Okay, this is the same guy. This is the same guy who ran around with a snake and had a gun pulled on him by Roddy Piper in the locker room. Okay? Because Piper hated <laughs> snakes that fucking badly. Like I don't Jake, blame him. Jake pulls out the snake because he wants to fuck with Piper and give and do a little rib. Piper pulls out his fucking guns to get that motherfucker away from him. He's like, all right, all right, all right, out of the bag. He's going in the bag. You put that in the bag. He's like, he's like, all right, all right, all right. He's in the bag. Put the gun away. Put the gun away. <laughs> like, Jake freaked the fuck out. He's like, I don't, oh, play with, I don't play with goddamn snakes. I don't even like but, snakes. Side so, note, uh, side note to people, don't ever fuck with somebody that's got a, a big duffel bag in the business because <laughs> nine times out of ten, that's where a gun lives. Yes. So anyway. I'm just saying, that's <laughs> most heels. I guess Jake didn't me think included. Piper would do that to him. No, but I'm just saying this. Me included. Most heels that have big duffel bags with their gear in it, that's where a gun lives. Oh, I've seen it. I've I've been to shows where they got the gun right there on the table. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not but it's oh, yeah. it's, it's still in the holster because they at least want you to see it. Yeah. So no. Don't fuck with me. Don't don't fuck with me. I had I had a broadcast partner who had a license to carry, and he had it right on his holster while we're calling the fucking match. Matches. Yep. So, it's some real shit. But anyway. Um, yeah, why are you mad, dog? Yeah. So, the million, so anyway, Akeem now starts whooping ass. Oh, God. Boss Akeem Man, never appealed to me much. Yeah. I, I thought the whole... Uh, I actually saw a... I actually saw a meme once of Akeem, and it was the funniest shit. Even though I don't like this phrase, it still made me fucking laugh. And, the, and it has a picture of Akeem, and the text says, if cultural appropriation was a person. <laughs> now, I hate that fucking phrase, but that still made me laugh out loud. That was fucking funny as shit. A person. So anyway, Boss Man hits some kind of uranagi and gets a quick win, and then gets his hands on Slick. Yes, and the whole time they're doing this, Slick. Now Slick was a pastor. Say what now? Slick was a pastor. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. Yes, Slick is a pastor. Like at that time or now? Yes, he was a youth pastor at that time. 
He was a youth pastor that walked to the ring like a pimp. Yes. So. It's black church, Vinny. Oh, God. They all dress like that. Oh, dear God. They all dress like that. They eat fried chicken and watermelon and Kool-Aid on Sunday. Everybody knows that. Interesting. And <laughs> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're moving on to the next match of the evening. Um, the main event! Yes. Um, we got... Uh, Actually, no. Before that, we have a few other things that happened in the show. Um, I know. I'm fucking with you. Uh, no, I, I, no, I remember this now. Uh, we have Mary Tyler Moore being interviewed. <laughs> Am I the only one that's convinced she memorized the script before she yes. was out? I, I love, and I was like, I don't want to hate on Mary Tyler Moore. I'd never seen a short show. <laughs> I'm sure she's talented, but you could tell she's. I don't think she's a real wrestling fan. I really don't. Oh no, she was paid. Had to be. She, she she was that that was a, that was one of those celebrities that got paid to be there. You know what I mean? Like that. I didn't feel like because there's some celebrities that go to wrestling shows, whether they're being paid or not, that genuinely love the show they're at. They mm-hmm. love wrestling. Mary Tyler Moore. I did not get the I love wrestling vibe from her. Hey, that's Fluffy. Yeah, uh, I doubt she even has a fucking clue what she's talking about in this scene. <laughs> and then, not at all. And then, of course, after this. We see uh, a little show. A, 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 we see a, a special appearance from a group called uh, Rhythm and Blues. And if you look real closely, you can see Gator's heart breaking into a million pieces. But as you see the Honky Tonk Man and um, Great the Hammer Valentine coming out, they're in a pink Cadillac. And Gator. Do you know who the driver of the pink Cadillac was? I don't want to know. I can tell you. I don't want to know. Diamond Dallas Page. Go back and watch. That's DDP in the Cadillac. Do you know why he's driving the Cadillac? No. Because that pink Cadillac, he owned it. Oh, really? That was his personal Cadillac. DDP owned a pink Cadillac. And when he used, this is back when he was a nightclub owner. He used to run bars. That's what he did for a living before he got into the business. And was very, very, and he was very lucrative at running bars. Like, he was great at it. He made a lot of money. Yes. You know, doing bar, working in a bar. And wrestlers would frequent his bar when they come to town. Like, he first, before he got into the business, he first met Jake the Snake when Jake came to his bar. And Dallas saw him come in and was like, I got to meet him. So he sits down with Jake and he says, so what are we drinking tonight? And he said, I don't know, you tell me. And they start drinking. And at at first, Jake's kind of looking at him like, you know, who the fuck is this Mark coming to talk to me? But then when he found out DDP owned the bar, he was like, round of drinks, please. <laughs> oh, shit. Give me give me all you got, bitch. When he found out DDP was the owner of the bar, Jake's like, oh, in that case, let's let's by all means, let's drink. Because I know that if he's the owner, he'll probably pick up my tab, which he did. He did. Because it's Jake Rogers. Out of, res- out of respect. Out of respect, yeah. I've had owners do that to me. Yeah. But so um so DDP 
um, is driving the Cadillac because that was part of the agreement. Because when the wrestlers were doing the show, they said, "Hey, we want to use your Cadillac," and they of course worked out a deal money wise and everything. But DDP said, "I have one final clause that I need to have in here in order to do this gig." And once they finalized everything, he goes, "I have one small thing I need to ask." They said, "Sure." He said. I want to drive the Cadillac to the ring. They said, done. So he drove the Cadillac to the fucking ring. And the reason this means so much to him is because it's a symbolism of the main event, which we're going to get to soon, that the two guys that wrestled in the main event of this pay-per-view were wrestling each other when DDP main evented a different pay-per-view. Yes. So because uh, uh, that we've already covered. By the way, go back and check out our coverage of Halloween Havoc '98. That's the only hint you're yes. getting. But yeah, so DDP, it was a full circle moment for him. So he drives the Cadillac to the ring. They get in the ring. DDP is then backing. Then has to take the Cadillac and back it out so they can get in there with the uh, Honky Tonk Man, Great the Hammer Valentine, and the Honkettes. The Honkettes or Honkettes or whatever the fuck they were called. Anyway, I call they call they kill me anyway. I call them bitches who can't sing for shit. That's what I call them. Uh, hey, 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 be nice to the bitches. Be nice to the bitches. So anyway, they go out and they do their song, "Hunka Hunka Hunka Honky Love." Worst that, why singing why I've ever sound, heard. Why does that sound like the song that that uh, Jamie Dundee married his wife to? Um, honky love. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no, no. This was a terrible song. The singing was horrible. Like it sounds better on record than live in concert. When rap, rap is crap. This wasn't rap. I know, but I'm just saying that's there. There was music duos in wrestling, and then there was motherfucking. Another group. The, Tex- we'll, we'll, the West Texas Rednecks. Yes, well, we'll cover them on a WCW show, so let's not get to that right now. But anyway, yes. so this thing was horrible, but never mind the fact that the crowd is booing. I have one, Here's my biggest issue with this whole thing. Am I the only one that thought the sound system was fucked up? Yes. Like, I felt that nobody bothered to do a mic check. No. Uh, the whole know, damn the whole damn thing sounded like a foot, like like the TV fuzzy. Yeah, like they're singing horribly. You can barely hear, and then you got the girls going "Haka haka haka love," and they sound terrible. Like dear God, like Jesus, like 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 how like, like did did you blow the honky tonk man to get this fucking job? Yes. Did was it was it <laughs> did you did you have to blow both of them to get the fucking job? Because I'm sorry. No, just. Just honky. Y'all couldn't <laughs> sing for sh- They could not sing for shit. Dear okay. God. And you had to you had to blow the Godfather to be a to be a hoe. Well, that was different. All they had to do was look sexy. The hoes didn't speak. These women yes. had to talk. Which is which is exactly the way it should be. You know what? In this particular case, I'll agree with you because these girls had no business fucking singing because they can't yes. sing. Yes, just dance, in the, just dance in the background, shake your ass, and go home and make me a sandwich. 
you are really making this editing tough for me. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, I, so. get, there's going to be a receipt. Just know that. Uh, <laughs> just know that. Know there's going to be a receipt. But anyway. Um, oh, I know. I know. I'm going to catch a receipt later. But you know what? I'm st- the ribs are still coming. Yes. So. Anyway. The potatoes are being had, Mr. Bujarete. Yes, and brother, you need to ease up now. So anyway, I'm, I'm easing up. I'm, I'm easing so up. So anyway, so like we said, there was sixty-seven thousand six hundred seventy-eight people at the Toronto Skydome. Now, here's the interesting thing. Years later, at WrestleMania 18, and I'm sure I'll remind this when we get to WrestleMania 18. Guess how many people were at WrestleMania 18? Guess as many. 68,237. Oh. So, and I think, and looking at this card for WrestleMania 6 and with the card we're going to get to on WrestleMania 18 down the road, I can see why. I can see why. But anyway, on that note, we do move on now to the next match of the evening. We have Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, God. Versus Jimmy Superfly Snooker. You do it because I'm going to make a joke. All right. Jimmy Snooker looked great in this match. He did. He was flying all over the place. From the wrestling to the splashes to the taunting. Like, it all. The splashes could have okay. There could have been less. He done a little too many. Yes, but still, he blended it all together in a way to where you're like, this is not a spot monkey. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Agreed. I'll agree with you on that. So yeah, I'll agree with you. On that. Yeah, and also, Rick Rude, to me, was a great heel in this match. He he's always a great heel. I, that's the thing that pisses me off is Rick Rude was never given the full on run that he 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 deserved. I mean, I think in WCW he got more of a run there, but WWE just not much in WWE. You know, but WCW they gave him a decent run and also um also uh the also uh I know Austin tells a story about Rick Rude all the time where Rick Rude cussed like a sailor, but if you said Jesus Christ or God damn, he got pissed off at you. Do you blame him? He's like, damn it. He goes, damn it, Steve. Must you always take the Lord's name in vain? What the fuck? <laughs> he would get mad. Because Austin used to say, God damn, and Jesus Christ in the car. Because he and Rick Rude used to ride together. And he would be, like, pissed about that. And I always loved that story. That, like, he and that's, was, that's great. Yeah. He must, he's like, what the fuck, Steve? Must you always take the Lord's name Lord's in vain? Name of- in yeah. vain? What the fuck, Steve? <laughs> just, motherfucker. Like, he would just go off. It was great. So anyway, um, but the reason Rude was such a great heel in this match is because the only time, the only time he got any advantage over Jimmy Snuka was by taking cheap shots or taking advantage of missed splashes. That's it. Exactly. And that's called psychology. Yes. You're going to hear that word a lot in these old school pay-per-views because it was an opponent. Oh, yes, you will because, because you know how I am about that. I am too. And now, after now, eventually, um, Rick Rude hits the Rude Awakening, and the match is over. Now, it was a decent match. It was good psychology, but I think we can both agree this match was filler. 
It was. Yeah. But you know what? It was the best. It was one of the better matches of the night. Yes, that had that was a filler match. And and now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment of truth has finally come. We have reached the main event of the evening. A title for title match for the Intercontinental and World Heavyweight titles. The Ultimate Warrior defends the Intercontinental title against Hulk Hogan, who defends the WWE title against the Ultimate Warrior. This this gave me heart palpitations because a lot of people here's the thing, a lot of people hold this match in high regard, but it really wasn't it it was hyped very well and it was it was presented very well, but let's be honest. It went too long and it was two guys that were kind of at their prime, but two guys that really were not the best workers. They just were able to make shit look entertaining. I thought both of them were great workers, so I don't know where. I, I I don't. I've never. I've never thought that the Ultimate Warrior is not a good worker. He shakes his fucking head too much, and I've said this a thousand times. Yeah. He shakes his fucking head too much. There's no facials. There's no nothing from the Warrior. It's just the fucking Warrior. Yeah, but you can't deny that Hogan can work. Hogan can work, but Hogan's got the basic five moves, and that's about it. So I, you know, I put it. I put it on Hogan. But, you know, this whole match just makes me upset now that I know what I know. When I first watched it when I was younger, I, I thought a lot of it. But now that I know what I know, it, be it from being in the business, I, it hurts me to watch it. Hey, whatever's on your TV, you need to turn it down. I can clearly hear it. There is nothing on the TV. Then what's the noise in the background? I don't know. Okay. Never mind. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that perspective. Like when I was a kid, I loved it because at the time, these were my two absolute favorites of all time. And yeah, I'll be because honest, because you were a kid and you were gullible and ta-da. But I will say, I was a, at this time. I was leaning a little more towards the warrior than I was Hogan at this time. I'll admit that. Right, and Warrior was a terrible worker. So I mean, it 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 went the way that it should have went because it needed to go that way, but. You know, you could tell at the end when Hogan goes and gets the belt and presents him, it's like, that's not going to work for me, brother. Well, it didn't. Well, here's the thing. He went out there and did it, but the reason it didn't work for him because at the time he felt that Ultimate Warrior wasn't ready to take the responsibility. I agree. He was never ready. He never should have been. But, but anyway, that's just me. To the Ultimate Warrior. And Hogan yes, because he looked good. And that's all that was, was the fact that he looked good. But also because they felt that the Hulkamania run had run its course and that it was time for the Ultimate Warrior to rule and be the next big star. That was the thing. Hogan didn't feel like his run was ready because he thought I could turn heel and have a bigger run, but obviously Biz was not going to turn him heel at all under any circumstances. And so that's why later on he went part-time and then went to WCW and the rest was history from there. But I will say... That I know we said a lot about this during the show, but with Hogan, we can give a pass on this. Obviously, Hogan is walking to the ring to real American, but because was that's his song at the time, yeah. So I can understand why they did that, and the crowd clearly had no problems with that. Yes, because that was his theme song, because that's what they were yeah. trained to do yes. in that situation. 
Yeah, you can't change someone's theme song for just one match. That's dumb. I've seen them now. I've seen it done before, and I thought it was dumb most of the time. But anyway. Uh, yeah, but you can't change it to real Canadian. That just ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. Ain't, that ain't gonna work, brother. But the thing is, here that we don't see work for me, brother. I am a real Canadian. <laughs> Fight for the rights of every man. I don't know where you would go with that. Canada doesn't really fight. I am oh, a I real um, Canadian, issuing apologies for every man. There you go. I am a real Canadian. Play hockey. Play hockey. Yeah. I don't know. It's like lots of maple syrup and fighting hockey rinks. Dun, 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 dun. The one, the one, the one place that that does not fight invented the second most violent sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just saying. All right. So anyway, um, so the and the end of that, this is this was a another reason this match was historic was because up until this point you didn't see this, at least not a whole lot, but this was a babyface versus babyface match, which back then you did not see. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. The crowd is 50-50 divided on who to cheer for. You got half the crowd siding with Hogan and the other half siding with Warrior. And I think we can all agree this match was way better than the one at Halloween Havoc 98. Oh, fuck yes. We can all agree on that. For God's sake, yes. Because this match had great psychology off the charts. And 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 a lots lots of flesh. Yeah, Warrior won the test of strength, and Hogan was on his knees. And at the time, no one ever did that to Hogan. Andre. During a test of strength, Andre did. You need to go back and watch that uh, that WrestleMania three match. Oh, they, they wait. Hogan and Andre did a test of strength in WrestleMania three. Not exactly, but close enough. Okay. Well, they because at the time I, they, you know, so Hogan counters has the warrior on his knees, and Hogan yells at the warrior, and warrior's kind of bobbing his head, which has now become a gif on the internet to symbolize a blowjob. Yes, I didn't that's make it. That's the reason I say. That's the reason I say, warrior bobs his head too fucking much. Yeah. Now I will say in their defense, gifs didn't. Internet gifts weren't around back then, so they didn't think they didn't have to think that far ahead. No, but but by the way, coming soon, the Vinnie Bucci internet gift, pizza bitches. Yes. Uh. So monsoon. Now, uh, once again, Gorilla Monsoon, who I I'm not, I I will say is a good commentator, but to use a wrestling phrase, he goes to the well too many times. <laughs> Way too many times, <laughs> because once again, we have to hear the irresistible force meets the immovable object when they can't knock shit down. How many fucking, Jesus Christ, Gorilla. Write some new shit. Seriously. Exactly. I mean, come on. This isn't like, this isn't a catchphrase like slobber knocker. Okay. How many irresistible forces and immovable objects are you going to fucking see in your lifetime? Jesus Christ, man. 
I hate. Oh I'm at God. the point now when I hear it, I can't even. Like the only time that should have been used is during Hogan and Andre. That was it. You stop after that. You stop after that. For fuck's sake. So then. They scoop slam each other. They trade scoop slams back and forth. Uh, Warrior gets right back up. Hogan struggled to get up and then got knocked out of the ring. Hogan starts favoring his knee, which may or may not be kayfabe. Uh, Gator. Hogan's knee. Kayfabe or not kayfabe? Kayfabe. That, that, he was kayfabe in that? Yeah, that's what it looked like. Okay. So Warrior, and now, another again, Warrior takes advantage by attacking the knee of Hogan. Again. Great psychology. Okay, psychology. I mean, it, it. Hogan was the one that said, get my knee, brother, get my knee. I got to make it look good, brother. Well, well that's in so, every match. They're talking to each other in the ring. You can't. Well, yeah, yeah, but, uh, well. So I'm just saying. Wrestlers. <laughs> I do... hated this. Okay. So then Hogan starts raking the eyes, and then Jesse. Yes, the baby face starts raking the eyes. Yes, but. Jesse Ventura covers it up perfectly. Bye. He says, let the two goody two-shoes throw the rule book out and get nasty. Yeah, but that's just that's just Jesse talking about his talking about his porn addiction. <laughs> let me guess. Anyway. Let me guess. He watches a lot of girl next door kind of stuff. I mean, I'm down with it. Yeah. So anyway. But here's the thing. This is the first time, to my knowledge, Gator, you can tell me if I'm wrong, that Hogan did heel-like things in a match during this time. No. Oh, he did? No, this is not oh, the no. first. Yeah. He did He did it in some stuff with Mr. Wonderful. Okay. Did it in some stuff with some cage matches. All right. Even the cage match with Dundee, he did heel shit. All right. Um, Like choking him, choking him with the tape, choking him with his own... Uh, All right. Singlet strap, like, yeah. you gotta throw the rule book out the window, Michael. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, Monsoon says that when we finally find out Hogan's injury, apparently he said he dislocated the patella, but then he popped it back into place. Now that I will say this, it did look a little rough. Uh, and I gotta say this again from Jesse, I loved. The Richard Belzer line when Hogan put the front face lock on Warrior. I love that. You didn't? No, not really. Why not? It was great. It was a great line. I mean, it was all right. You know? Like, this is a devastating move. Yeah, just ask Richard Belzer. And I'm like, oh. Oh, oh. Remember he locked in the front face lock? Because he, yes. he did the same thing to Richard Belzer and, like, choked him out? Yes, Lord. Now, granted, Richard Belzer was being a prick, but... Well, he was a prick. Yeah. So, anyway, so Hogan keeps looking for a three count, but Warrior refuses to stay down. Hogan now works the reverse chin lock, and there's a double clothesline, which is the only time we see both these men knock each, not get knocked off their feet, is in this double yes. clothesline. Yes. So they knock down each other, which is brilliant. Warrior then does the whole psyching himself up to make the comeback. Now on this one, now the difference between this and Halloween Havoc 98 was that when Ho when Warrior did it this time around, he better paced himself and didn't look stupid. Yes. 
The pacing was but much they better. Slow, they slow built this for that pacing. So yeah, now yeah. So Warrior locks in the bear hug. Hogan eventually fights out. Warrior mm-hmm. Warrior accidentally takes out the referee, which makes no sense since they're both baby faces. Therefore, neither one of them's gonna cheat. So why is the ref knocked down? Again, am I right or wrong? Correct. Okay, there we go. So, Warrior goes for the Gorilla Press Slam and then hits the splash. Hogan kicks out, finally starts hulking up. At this point, all of Warrior's face paint is completely gone. You just yeah. see Jim Hellwig at this point. Yes. Um. So then, Hogan hits the boot, misses the leg drop, gets hit with another splash. One, two, three... Warrior wins the match. And then uh, Warrior sold the excitement. Hogan sells the disappointment. Hogan endorses the Warrior afterwards. Now, there's one moment about this match that I want to talk about. Okay. Because a lot of, and I love the fact that Bruce Pritchard disproved all this shit, so I'm so happy about that. Hear that? Okay. But yeah, yeah. Fans, every, when Hogan gets in the ring, and he hands Warrior the belt. And they hug. And he raises his hand. And he's basically telling everybody, this is the man now. All the fans of that, like, oh, he's stealing the spotlight from the Warrior. No, That's what they no. were scripted to do. No, he was passing the torch. Yes! Why do but, people not but, get that? Because they're idiots. But I will say this. He does make it about himself a little bit too much. Okay. But but um so I do kind of agree, but also I do know why it was done. So it was yes. done as a torch passing thing. Yes, so. but 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 Bruce Pritchard even said that's how we scripted the finish to go. We told them that's what was going to happen. He makes that very clear. And uh-huh. also, here's another thing, and it's a bitter pill for a lot of people to swallow, but swallow it, you bitches. Hogan was the biggest name in wrestling at this time. Say whatever you want about him. Biggest name in the business. Getting an endorsement from him was, and still is, a big fucking deal. And you gotta be, and only a retarded ass Mark would say otherwise. Agreed. I agree completely with that. Yes. Like, that's a fact. If Hogan is endorsing someone, that's a big fucking deal. Agreed. It's it was a big deal for the Warrior. It was a big deal for the Rock. Hell, even during Legends Night when Hogan had that brief interaction with Drew McIntyre, that's a big deal for Drew fucking McIntyre. Agreed. Like people need to understand that that is primarily when they bring Legends in for stuff like that. That's their job, is to endorse whoever they feel they can endorse. Like, that's a big deal. Because the guys who built the company that you now wrestle in are telling you, you're you're, you're now the man. We're going to bring you into our circle. You're in this circle over here, but there's a whole other circle that a lot of these new motherfuckers ain't in. So for them to grab one of you and bring you in is a big fucking deal. Agreed. There we go. But you can't you can't tell nobody nothing, bro. You can't tell nobody nothing. Oh, Jesus. I get so 
mad at wrestling fans who say stupid it's shit. Okay. I really do. It's okay. Calm down. All right. All right. I right. get mad too, but you told me to calm down, so I have to say calm down. Yes, yes, but okay. I, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. Not so, wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, Warrior has the big celebration in the ring. He's holding both championships. And Hogan takes his leave. And then whatever happens after that happens after that. Of course, um, we find out later that um, Warrior is forced to vacate the Intercontinental Championship. As, yeah. and, and, this, and this is as the rules prohibit any wrestler from holding more than one singles belt simultaneously. Yes, because that happens for some reason. Yeah. I, I only have one logical theory for why they would do that. I think it's because Warrior was getting such a push, they didn't want him to get beaten one, two, three in the middle of the ring to lose the Intercontinental title. Yes, and that was about all that was. So let's just let's just strip it from him, have a logical reason for it, so he can be the world champion and run with it for as long as they had him run with it. So that makes sense, I guess. Okay. I guess. I, I don't that's about all you can really say, honestly. Honestly, yeah. And um but yeah, so overall that ladies and gentlemen was WrestleMania six. Uh Gator as always, I thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to uh chat with us and I look forward yes. to talking to you on the next one. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, now, ladies and gentlemen, wrapping up the first half of this episode of the Boochcast. So make sure you guys jump on over to part two, where we're going to get into the Wednesday Night Wars. We have Elvis Linsky and Desmond Dagenhart covering your recap of AEW. And myself and John Tumblin will be giving you your recap of NXT here on the Boochcast. So you guys make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. Support the show through Patreon. And make sure you check out part two.